Uh, this is Owen Cotter for SciFiction.com coming to you. I've got joined with me J.R. Mounts. He's an artist and a writer. J.R., how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Owen. Thanks for having me on the show, man. No problem, man. No problem, man. And you do a lot of – you're kind of an indie, self, self-started self author. Can you tell people a little bit about your background and how you got started in all the, the writing and author and all that stuff? Absolutely. When I was a kid, I was I was certain I was going to be in KISS. Because I saw these guys that were superheroes on stage playing catchy music, and I thought, "Holy right. crap, that's my that's my life. That's what I want to do." You know, um, but then I also copied Drawing Bug for uh, Disney and Marvel and Godzilla. So I was always meshing music with art, doing album covers and things like that. And uh, I, when I was ten, I just always wanted to write music, always wanted to tell stories, and I've always been in bands, always. Uh, created something of my own material uh, ever since I was a little kid. I just caught that original bug. And as I grew older, I wanted to keep telling stories, but I wanted to be in control of the character. I didn't want to have to draw a Batman or a Spider-Man or a Godzilla. I wanted to do my own characters, my own stories. Right. And uh, you know, uh, Fried Pickle Noir and uh, Scary Tales, all those guys are an extension of that originality. Hold its hope. <laughs> Well, what what exactly uh, is is for people that not know what scary tales and pickle noir? Could you go a little bit over those two uh, those two topics? Absolutely. I'm the last eight years. Um, well, I should say eight years ago, I quit music um, writing for other people and trying to do things on stage. And um, I was it was suggested to me from a friend like, hey, why don't you start drawing comic books? Which mm. didn't really seem fathomable to me because I, I was a musician. I, I wasn't a comic book guy. I don't draw comic books. I read comic books. <laughs> right. But then um, I drew some characters for our Halloween candy bowl at her suggestion. And it's with the scary tales kids you see now. It's basically little, little kids who dress up as superheroes and monsters to discover a town full of monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, much in the way of like the old like, you know, 50s through 80s um, comic strips that you'd see in right. the newspapers. Like think right. of like Peanuts or Calvin Hobbes but mix it with Nightmare Before Christmas. That was my art style. And um, when she said that people kept commenting on these characters, she's like, I think you better start drawing comic books. Um, Mm. It kind of hit me with that, well, maybe I do have some stories. Maybe I'll start telling stories when I was a kid. So Scary Tales was my homage to the old Far Side and Calvin Hobbes and Peanuts, and yet mix it in with lumpy and squishy monsters. I love friendly, silly monsters, and that was the, the Scary Tales. Fried Pickle Noir came by accident. <laughs> I was trying to create a comic book that since the since Scary Tales reflected my childhood with all my best friends, we were a bunch right. of misfits, I thought, these kids, you know what, they're going to write their own comic books. They're going to make their own costumes. And, you know, they're not going to read Batman or Daredevil or Spider-Man. They're going to read something weird. I thought, Halloweenies or the Halloween kids, just something weird. So that <laughs> same friend uh, told me to start comic books. We went out to lunch, and she said, have you ever had fried pickles? And, you know, no, I love pickles, but we start eating it, and I thought, this is fantastic. These fried pickles are fantastic. I found <laughs> the new food of the gods, right, you know? Right, right. And she, she holds it up. She's like, you know, you should make a fried pickle character. And at that time, it was like I knew that was the idea, a fried pickle character. I immediately pictured, like, Sin City. Right. I, I pictured this character, this fried pickle character, beaten, getting like fried alive, and but the death doesn't take, so he's pissed off about it. <laughs> and fried pickle noir came about because I was reading film noir, watching a lot of film noir, right. and it came right off the shelf. Fried pickle noir is Sin City meets Veggie Tales. 
crime story. It's about fruits and vegetables trying to bump each other off mob style in a seedless city called The Pit. And it stars Q Cumbersome, a fried pickle detective that fights meatheads, melonheads, and eggheads. And he meets characters like Hell Raisin, Hater Tot, and Spaniel Jackson. So it's wow. unrelated food crime. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. And you created all that's why they characters. know me as the pickle man. Yeah. The, the pickle man. That's right. And you created a lot of these characters, um, and you and you're like iconic, you know, based on like your own creations and stuff. You, I believe, you have a new, um, uh, changing from noir and scary stuff. You've got a science fiction book uh, that's is coming out. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and the name of that? I believe Silver Linings. Yes, Silver Linings is probably my best work. It's uh, I've been doing the pickle and the scary tales. Uh, for about eight years now. And, you know, graciously being called the Pickle Man, I'm fine with that. People don't know my name, but they go, all right, Pickle Man, you know, I'm <laughs> okay with that. Right. You know, it's better than like, hey, it's face like hemorrhoids, man. I'm fine with that. <laughs> so I'll be the Pickle Guy. But I wanted to write something different. Again, it's always about creating something new. And I'm right. always best when I um, kind of cleanse the palate. Like I'm doing scary tales when I'm done with scary tales book. I'll do a fried pickle. But when I'm done with the fried pickle in the water book, I go back to something. And um, Silver Linings was one of those moments where I thought, all right, let's create something completely different. And let's up the stakes a little bit. I'm As a cartoonist, I stick with mostly a black and white medium. White right. paper with black inks on top. That's just standard. Um, every once in a while, I would try color just for the hell of it. But uh, most of the time, it looks like a five-year-old did it. twice straight away from color. Uh, mm. Color would color would pretty much make me poop foam. I would be uh, a little nervous <laughs> about it. So I thought, you know what? All right, let's write something different. I, I had this idea in my head of this old guy. I, I, I'm friends with a lot of the elderly, um, just by happenstance. I've always gotten along with old people, babies, right. uh, you know, animals and stuff like that. But I really love the elderly because they have stories to tell that no one asks them about anymore. Right. And... I wanted to pay an homage to that by writing a story about the least likely people to get cast in a Hollywood film as the main stars, <laughs> the elderly. Right. And I thought <laughs> Silver Linings was a good title because think about it, Silver Linings, they're silver haired, you know, and, and most of the elderly, they've been through it. So they're, they're no longer worried about their Facebook and their internet right. and their Twitter accounts, you know. They're, for them, it's like, look, things will always get better. Why? Because I'm 82 years old and things have always gotten better. So my story is about uh, an old man named Angus Hort. He's a widower, and he's the loneliest man in the world. He lives in Dubuque, Iowa, on a farm that's slowly dying. Mm. All of his friends are either gone or he doesn't talk to anybody anymore. His brother just passed away, so he's completely alone. And uh, on a farm that is slowly dying as well. He just is waiting to die and think there's nothing to live, live for. And uh, one day... This alien crash lands into his barn, and it's an it's a type of alien that kind of looks like like think of like ET, uh, right. only it's 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 a benevolent alien, but it speaks in images and feelings telepathically. It doesn't speak. It's got these long arms, these giant uh, baby eyes, right. and it needs him. Suddenly, he has found this thing, this being that needs him and adapts so to human. It, it gets injured, I believe, too, right? Yes, it, it, it's fallen from the skies, and it, it looks kind of like a like a, a a brain with a core, stem, and arms and giant mm -hmm. eyes. Uh, uh, again, I, I kind of go to like, what if it's like the, those George Powell right. world type aliens? You know, only nice, benevolent. Think right. of like ET for old people. 
Right. And uh, this old man finally has a purpose. It's like finding a wounded dog. Right. So they become best friends on a, on a farm that's, you know, pretty much in the middle of nowhere. So they get plenty of time to be friends. And um, he, this alien and this old man become the key to saving the world. When we find out this alien is only the top half of an alien race. This is an alien race of, uh, of a horde of aliens that eat planets and devour worlds to nothing. That is what they do. And it's up to this alien and this old man to save the world from an alien invasion. Wow, that's incredible. And you came up with all that on your own. And, and, the, and the book's got a lot of your art, and it's got your uh, – you wrote it as well. You've also got music that goes along with that book as well. Can you talk a little bit about the uh, the musical uh, stuff that you uh, did with that and how that went about? Absolutely. One of the ways I wanted to up the stakes on this was to make it a watercolor book. Okay, uh, to do it all watercolor, to make it right. uh, completely colored book. The other thing I thought was, what's another way to really enhance this book? I've always written music for musicals, things like that before. So the first thing I thought of was, all right, let's, let's do music for this. Only let's do something I've never done before. Let's make an right. all acoustic score, uh, an instrumental acoustic soundtrack. We'll have drums and we'll make it uh, kind of like a rustic, like I wanted instruments you could pick up in a barn, piano, right. fiddle, violin, things like that. And I, uh, I got my two best friends, Tom Mathis on drums and Mike McQuaid on every damn thing else, bass, keys, <laughs> special effects, mixing, mastering. The guy does everything and he saved my butt. So oh. we're called the geezers on this thing. And uh, <laughs> we uh, created a musical score that enhances the story. So as you read the story, uh, uh, the score will play as if you're watching a movie, much in the same way as John Williams enhances everything Spielberg and Lucas does, or right, right. You know, anything John Carpenter does. You know, he put a, a simple melody behind it and it completely changes the visual. Right, right. And that's, that's what this amazing. music was designed to do. Thank you. That's awesome. And and your book is I read the whole thing, and without spoiling it, it kind of ends on a very positive note. Uh, it's the overall message of your book. What, what would you like the readers to take from your book when they read it, The Silver Linings? That it's never too late. It's never too late for things to be good. And I think sometimes it takes time and patience, which is something we don't normally get to until we're older. Right. And that's something that the elderly can give us. They can give us that little reassurance right now. It's the reason why mom and dad or grandpa and grandpa, you know, um, can reassure us, like, hey, things are going to be okay. And we believe them because they've been through it before. Right. And that's the other thing is I've been great friends with uh, the elderly. And I've always, as my family's gotten older, I've always interviewed them about their lives and, and had them talk about that 20-year-old they used to be. And you find out that, my God, things are the exact same. They were just like us before the Internet, before telephones, or before this. They went through a war. And right. they have all these memories that they're dying to tell, and um, nobody asks them about. Right. And uh, I make it a point to interview all the elderly of my family and friends before, uh, before they get to a cognizant point where they can't speak anymore. And this book is a tribute to every one of them. Every, every character in this book is represented by a real-life person. It's a super cool book. I really enjoyed reading it. I hope everybody else does as well. You, you, you just, just curious. Like, are you, were you a big fan? Of, you said comic books and stuff. Were you a big fan of sci-fi? I guess as well. And which oh, ones God, were yes. you? Of? My biggest, uh, my first foray into sci-fi was probably like War of the Worlds and the early Godzilla movies. Um, that was it. All predates 
Star Wars. And um, I'm 50 years old, so when I was a kid, things were not on video or VHS even or, or on demand at all. You had to either wait for it to go to the theater right. or you waited for the, for the television to have it on, you know. And mm-hmm. sometimes they'd have a monster marathon. And so the, the crappier the movie, the better it was for me, you know. It's awesome. Uh, War of the Worlds was a big one for me just because I watched it in black and white. Never knew it was in color until we got a color TV. Right. And just the design of that 60s, 50s style alien, that B-52, uh, right. B-52, <laughs> the B-sci-fi movie, well, B sci- Gordon, <laughs> Buck Rogers, you know. Yeah. Awesome. I just love that classic yeah. hokey sci-fi. Right. And you have, uh, you've been in the sci-fi and all that. Do you have any other books that you, or any other topics you might be coming up with in, a, in another book or another art form here soon or? Right now, I've actually got a couple things in the fire. Right now, I've been concentrating since uh, uh, since August. This book started my uh, my artistic venture into watercolor and color. I'm no longer okay. scared of it. That's <laughs> good. It's not of me anymore. It used to scare me. So when Silver Lining was, was finished drawing, I kind of missed it. You know, I didn't exactly want to go back to a black and white pickle book just yet. So right. I just started drawing images for myself. So ever since August, I've actually been doing some, some fine art and some, uh, some funny stuff. Like uh, you'll, you'll find on my DeviantArt or sometimes my Facebook and Instagram of just images I'm coming up with. Like right now, I'm doing a whole Krampus series. Um, right. Just to keep the art style going, just to keep the color going, the one shot. You know, um, All right. the next my next venture right now, I'm going to be uh, preparing a book for probably either late 2019 or early 2020 is uh, called Four Parts of a Whole. It's an it's my next ultra sci fi. I don't normally do sci fi, but oh, nice. This is basically how four bodies um, inhabit or four characters inhabit one body mm. to fight uh, a, a, a body jumping assassin. Wow. And That's awesome. uh, as, I, as I did with old people, all right, I'm right. casting the least likely physical attributed people to be cast in a Hollywood film. So, a pregnant lady from the 60s, a guy with red hair uh, right. who's a punk rocker, a little, uh, a little Hispanic uh, uh, child from, from, from Mexico, and, uh, and a retired uh, elderly African-American man from the 50s. That's amazing. What's the name of that one going to be exactly? Uh, that was called Four Parts of a Whole. Four parts of a whole. Very cool. Very cool. And the whole is H O L E because they they have they, they're they're an assassin team. They have to fight. Right. They're like a government faction that fights evildoers. That is that's crazy awesome, dude. Well, for people wrapping up, for people to find out about you, uh, Silver Linings, your upcoming projects, and all that, is there like links or Facebooks or websites they can look for you on the internet and all that? Absolutely. If you um. Google my name, uh, J.R. Mounts. You can find my Facebook. You can find my Instagram. Um, I'm also on uh, Twitter under Pickled Tweets. I also have a DeviantArt under J.R. Mounts, no periods. Um, my website, I'm shutting down for a little bit just because i got to retool it, but you can normally find stuff on ScaryTalesNoir.com. That's scary with an I. It's a combination of fried pickle noir and scary tales put together. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm I, you know, just Facebook being, uh, I'm an equal opportunity megalomaniac. I'll tell you all about myself. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, JR, man, it was a pleasure talking with you, sir. I really look forward to seeing uh, your new sci-fi novel as, long, as well as uh, people check out Silver Linings. Uh, this is Owen with SciFiction.com. You take care, Mr. JR. Thank you, Owen. Take care, my friend. You too, man.